I'm Marcus Smith, and this is Constant Wonder. This month, with Christmas drawing near, join me on a journey called Advent. Constant Wonder is marking this venerable tradition, a calendar of hopeful anticipation, with daily short episodes, a new Advent experience every day all the way through the 25th. Together with special guests, we're seeking out the wonder and awe felt by so many people during this season of hope, reverence, peace, and goodwill. It's December 7th. We began our Advent observance with an appeal from nature writer Gail Boss for more quiet reflection during these dark weeks before that juncture later in the month when the light finally begins to return. Humans don't hibernate in this darkness, but we do hunker down. And to hunker down, you need a place to lay your head. Now, if you're a non-human animal, that may be a hole or a nest. But for us, it can get a little more complicated. And, of course, the Christmas example is Mary and Joseph on the open road. She about to give birth, the two of them looking for shelter. Earlier this year on Constant Wonder, we met Naira de Gracia. She's a Spanish-American field biologist, and she has spent long months at a stretch studying animal life in some of the world's most unsheltered of places, from Alaska to the Antarctic. In the years leading up to her adulthood, her family uprooted itself over and over again, and that left her with a yearning for a sense of belonging, a sense of home. Naira de Gracia's reflections are well worth revisiting during Advent. She has witnessed the miracle of life in the most improbable of places, fragile newborn creatures in the wild. So there are clear thematic connections, the helplessness and utter vulnerability of any newborn creature, and the reverence we might feel when we witness life just beginning. If you'd like to hear our full conversation with this young scientist, you'll find it as our first episode from Season 5 of Constant Wonder. It's titled, Finding a Personal Place in the Wild World. My first summer in college, and I got the chance to spend 10 days on this seabird nesting island that was a puffin breeding colony. So it was this tiny, tiny island. It was all very quaint, and I didn't have a smartphone at the time or anything, so it was no contact with the world, which enhanced the experience and made everything feel more vivid and even more magical. This tiny island she's speaking of off the coast of Maine was really more of a rock, and her job there was to study those impossibly cute puffins. But her most personally transformative experience while there was with a newly hatched tern chick. There are a bunch of these nests with little eggs, and we would go in there, and if an egg had just hatched, we would weigh the chick, this tiny, tiny chick that had just emerged from its egg. And these chicks are, like, smaller than the palm of your hand. They're slightly bigger than a quail egg, and they're all curled up, and they just seem so fragile, and I could feel its heartbeat. Its skin is so thin, and you can see some of its organs through its skin, and it's still slightly wet. It's just emerged from its fetal state. It was some kind of essence of life, stripped bare of everything. It was just this little 
soul that I was holding in my hand. I remembered that chick for years. That was a very magical experience for me, like starting out as a field worker. For Naira de Gracia, a few high points in her early career came as she was working in the field in Antarctica, studying colonies of penguins, skuas, and seals. Again, she was mesmerized, as anyone might be, at the miracle of the first few moments of new life. So it was the latest I'd ever been out in the colonies. I think I headed out at like 8 p.m. or something. And the light that came in was this very angled kind of warm light that was diffused by some of the fogginess and the cloudiness in the sky. And it was right around Hatch. And I remember going up to these colonies to do my rounds and hearing the first little faint peeping of what I knew because I had heard every single sound in that colony for two months, at least by then, I knew that it was different and I knew that it was a chick because it was a little high-pitched and I could tell where it was coming from and I saw this little shell right at the base of the nest. And I just remember feeling this wave of just like, wow, life just continues really. And it's just such a privilege to witness the renewal of life of these really amazing remote species and, and literally being there when something is being birthed from its primordial shell the first chick that I heard or was aware of coming out into the world. It was pretty cool. Nye was there in Antarctica, assigned primarily to the penguin team. But when time came to deal with seals, it was all hands on deck. And for the seal work, Nye and her colleague Matt were asked to puppy-sit newborn seal pups while their mothers were getting tagged and weighed. Matt and I had to basically spend time with their little pups. And I was definitely excited to, to meet all the little puppies. But when you're in the moment, you're not really thinking about all your expectations because it is so pure. These little squirmy puppies that had just emerged to the world maybe seven hours before, and they don't know anything. They know the call of their mother. They have the instinct to suckle but they don't know what the world is. They don't even know what their own flippers are. They were always slapping themselves with their flippers and flopping around. And I just remember sitting on the beach with this tiny little seal and it was just flopping around on the beach trying to bite us, but they don't really have teeth. Well, they have really tiny teeth at the beginning. And then it just wore itself out and put its little head on my thigh and just passed out and was just sleeping there and it was so warm and I took a little sniff and it kind of smelled a little musky and a little salty. I always find that the sense of wonder strikes me when you're working with really young animals that don't know to fear you yet, don't know what the universe is yet. And the fact that she just fell asleep on me made me feel like I was just, I had existed in this world for her to have a pillow. Yeah, it was a really sweet moment. A loud and generally unrelenting wind would blow all day and all night. But sometimes the wind would disappear altogether. A fog would descend, the sunlight would diffuse, and Naira de Gracia would experience a strange combination. A sense of otherworldliness combined with a sense of complete belonging. And on this one evening, I decided to climb this little rocky spire that was nearby main camp right in front of it. And I'd never been up there before. And so I'd finished all my rounds. I was about to head back. I dropped my pack. I walked up 
this rocky slope and I got to the top and I just sat down and we would always watch for whales on the ocean because they're quite common. They would come down south to feed on the krill in the summer, especially humpbacks. Your baseline for sound was just this white noise of rushing wind through the hills and into your ears. It was always, almost always. So I remember when there was no wind, suddenly it was this silence that was so eerie and strange because of how omnipresent the sound had been in the entire rest of the time, that the silence really felt present in a way that you could cut it with a knife, like thick around you. And usually when there was no wind, there was a lot of fog that would descend because it wasn't being blown away. We would just be walking in this entirely white world that was lit by the sun, but you couldn't really know where the sun was because it was diffused by all the fog. That was just such a strange liminal space where you could, it's images that people create when they imagine your ascension to heaven or like after you die, some kind of liminal space between, you know, life and death where there's nothing's defined and you're just walking through just light. The fog was quite low at the time and it had, just enclosed my field of vision uh, to like 200 meters out into the ocean and to the hills. And it, it felt very close and like we were all just huddling under this mantle of the cloud. And there was an iceberg out in the water. There were some chin straps on it, a couple of Adelis on it. And I had already felt such a familiarity with their forms and their movements that I saw them and I recognized the species and everything and I knew what they were up to on the iceberg and there was a whale nearby and there were some gulls circling overhead. And I just remember feeling enclosed or embraced by the universe vis-a-vis -vis this cloud and the ocean and this rock that I was sitting on and that feeling of intimacy with place that I feel I've been chasing forever. Thanks for joining with us today on Constant Wonder for day seven of our Advent observance. Our guest was Naira de Gracia. She's author of The Last Cold Place, a field season studying penguins. Eric Schultzka was producer for this episode with help from Audrey Hughes and Lydia McElroy, sound designed by James Call. You can hear the entire conversation with Naira de Gracia wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for Season 5, Episode 1 of Constant Wonder. It's titled, Finding a Personal Place in the Wild World. And if you'd like to go back and hear any of the earlier installments of this Advent series, you can find those at byuradio.org, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join with us tomorrow for a conversation with Ed Simon, who has delved deeply into the cultural, religious, and aesthetic place of angels. It's a topic that cycles through our lives, I would say in a rather conspicuous way, during the season of Advent and Christmas. But then they keep on saying, be not afraid, because people are afraid when they see angels. For sure, you wouldn't say fear not if there wasn't a reason to fear, right? My only fear at the moment is that some people might miss out on hearing Ed Simon. I'm Marcus Smith. Constant Wonder is a production of BYU Radio.